they, 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 they accuse God, they, they say all sorts of things about the word of God. They've reduced it to nothing. They reduced it to nothing. A whole archbishop. He said, he said that, you know, he will not serve a God who who, who, who likes sin. And you know, he was talking a small man, a small archbishop in, in somewhere in South Africa. I don't want to mention his name. Yeah, but he, the way he was talking, I was surprised. Today, many of us are like that. So in the days of Noah, when the change was coming, and Noah was warning them of the change, they refused to adapt themselves. All that they had to do was very simple. Enter into the ark. Just believe what Noah was saying. Just believe. He said, you are a foolish man. You are rambling. You are talking about some man in the sky who you believe is going to give you some rewards. Like how people talk today. He said, you keep on believing in, the, in some old man in the sky. And just keep on believing that foolish nonsense. You, you you are not educated. You are not enlightened. I mean, how can you scientifically prove all this nonsense? Yeah, they were telling Noah, Noah, what are you talking about rain? What is this rain? I mean, give us scientific evidence. We are the enlightened ones. We are the schooled ones. What are you talking about? And they refused to believe Noah until the rain started. And it was too late for them to change. So you see, right now god is asking you the change that is coming are you preparing yourself for it the changes that we are going through now are you preparing yourself for it are you preparing yourself for it are you prepared so that will take me to today's sermon is titled the church in sardis and i believe it's going to help somebody holy spirit has been ministering to me a lot about certain things and um, I want us to look at some of these things and then we'll spend some time in prayer we'll spend some time, some time in prayer now first let us look at Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 you see it's a very common scripture that is there a very common scripture and most of us we use it for evangelism and for when we are preaching about soul winning some of you don't even know what I'm talking about because you never do these sort of things. Your kind of Christianity is give me, bless me, God, give me mortgage, God, give me house, God, give me uh, Lamborghini, God, give me give me a uh, car, God, give me husband, God, give me wife, God, give me triplets, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That's your kind of Christianity. Your kind of Christianity is infantile, it's, it's very childish, immature, babyish. And selfish you, you you don't know that you're also supposed to work for God so you will not know what I'm talking about but I want to help somebody so Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 it says behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me 21 then it says to him who overcomes I will grant to sit with me on my throne and as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne he who has ears let him hear what the spirit says to the churches let him hear what the spirit says to what the churches so this is this scripture after meditating upon it you realize that we normally say Jesus is standing at the door, knocking, and, and we, are, we are only talking about invitation, but it's more than invitation. Because after you have been, after you have invited Jesus Christ to come into your life, after he's standing at the door and knocking, yes. Now you open the door, he comes in. What does he want? Fellowship. And the fellowship is not a one-time thing. It should last you to the end of your days here on earth. And that's why he says that he who overcomes to the end. But many of you, you have opened the door for the Lord to come in. But you are refusing to sit down to have a communion. And he wants to, it's like you have a guest. You have allowed a guest to come into your house. You said, sit down here, Mr. Guest. You are a special guest. So sit down here. And then you, 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 
you that you have got a guest now you get out and go to asda you go to sh you go shopping you leave the guest in there you can stay here me i'm out I'm, i've gone back to go and do things that pleases me things that i like instead of staying at home and being what a host you know the art of hosting a guest entertaining a guest keeping a guest occupied you know there's a program that is on tv that they call um i think people go host each other in their homes and they cook food for them and then they give them marks on that i've forgotten the name of, of it um uh, yeah so, something like that yeah and they give people give people marks on what your hosting ability and you see some of them you see that they are they, 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 they don't know how to host a person they don't know how to entertain a host they don't know they know a, a guest they don't know sometimes the guest wants they want breakfast it they will take so long by the time they, the food comes the, the, the hunger has nearly annihilated all the guests killed all of them off yes you see so it is not just enough to say i have given my life to jesus christ and then now he has come in you have now you no know, bucket off and you are now in 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 in, in a boot sale you 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 you've left your gift your guest and you are now off and you are in a boot sale whilst your guest is there so jesus was saying here that behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in and what does he do he say and dine with him and he with me and this dining eating it lasts a lifetime it's a lifetime conversation where Jesus, you have a relation, a personal relationship. You should be able to say, I know Jesus. I'm sitting at the table with Jesus and I'm conversing with him. And he converses to um, with me. He's we speak to him in prayer. He speaks to us in his word. Like right now, as I'm speaking the word of God, Jesus is communicating with you. But some of you, what are you doing now? You don't even have time for the guests. You don't have time. You are either watching TV, you are either doing something else, you are cooking, or even you might not even be in the house. Right? You, you are not even saying this is church. Because you see, there are rules when it comes to the when it comes to the banquet of the Lord. To invite a very important person into your house. It's not there are rules. So the Bible says, when you look into the scripture, it says. It says, hallelujah. I, I, I don't know whether they said their link is frozen. What is going on? Hallelujah. Praise him. If you can hear me. Amen. If you can hear me let me know if you can hear me let me know let me know let me know hallelujah praise him praise him praise him praise him jesus is alive if you can hear me let me know let me know let me know all right yeah so we are talking about jesus christ having what having fellowship with you having what fellowship with you and i was telling you that he said come in and dine with me he wants you to dine with me he wants you to dine with me and this dining is a lifelong experience it's a lifelong experience it's not something that you do it once and you do it in a while and then that is it hallelujah so i want you to understand this i want you to understand this that it's it's what it's not a it's not just a single short term something jesus christ wants you to to jesus christ wants you to 
He wants you to what? To 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 dine with you. He wants to dine with you. Hallelujah. All right. So end it and just start it again. It's on, it's on YouTube. Eh? It's on YouTube. It's live on YouTube. All right. So if if you are having trouble with the Facebook, you can go on YouTube and listen. Go on and listen. Send the link on YouTube. All right, so you can watch on YouTube. You can we are live also on YouTube as well, so you can you can watch us live on YouTube, and um, you get you get it better and clear. Hallelujah! So we are talking about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and His desire. This is look. If you have a good Bible, you will see that. You see that in the Bible it is read. That means these are words that came directly from Jesus' mouth. And I, and I mean, if you in terms of in terms of reporting or in terms of referencing to get something from a source directly, that is more heavy. It's more heavy. And this is what was is written in red. It means Jesus Christ spoke. He said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, see, all this is your responsibility. One, you must hear. And you must hear the word of God. Two, when you hear the word of God, you have a responsibility to open the door. It's not Jesus that is going to force himself. He just comes to stand at the door and he waits. After waiting, if you open the door, he will come in and invite him. He will come in. He will come in to come and live in you. And he wants to dine. Then he says, I will come in with you and dine with you. Dining, see, food, when it comes to food, most of the important things happens around food. Especially in the Bible times and in their culture. Look, the last supper, when we were giving the communion, it happened when Jesus was telling them some really important things. He told them around food. So it tells you that Jesus wants a very, he wants a fellowship with you. Eating together is fellowship. If you're a husband and wife and you don't eat together, you are missing out. It's a way of fellowshipping. It's a way of bonding. You, you, if you have the means, sit down with it around the table and eat with your children as well. It's a fellowship. It's a bonding. It's a bonding and it's a way of fellowship. Yes. We need to come out of these mentalities and start putting biblical principles into place. Because you are no wiser than Jesus Christ. He wants to sit at our table and dine with us. But the sad thing is that now that he has come in, you are a very bad host. So what do you do? You go to the bedroom and you are there and the host is downstairs not knowing what to do. Jesus doesn't know what to do. He's just there waiting. He wants to talk to you. He wants to ask you questions. You too, He talks to you. You talk to him. You read the Bible. You hear the message. You read the Bible. And the, you know conversations are going on. But he says, they will not do that. And th I told you, this eating is a lifelong thing. That is why there is a parable. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave another parable. Uh, the parable of the banquet. The parable of the feast. Hmm? And in that one too, he used, he said, a, a man set what? Set a great banquet. And he invited people to come and to, to come and, and what? And eat. The parable of the great banquet. Yeah. 14 verse 15. He says, now... When those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said, Blessed is the he who, who sat, who sat, who ate bread in the kingdom, who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to them, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at the supper, at supper time, to say to those who are invited, Come, all things are ready. Come, all you see, a good host will make all things ready. All things ready for their guests. You said Jesus is your guest. He is coming in now. 
And you see, when you have, when you are a good host, your guests now starts not feeling like a guest, but starts feeling like what? A member of the family. Yes. But we don't do that. Many of us are just happy to invite Jesus in and then we just go. We, we leave him to... And this is what is happening. This is what the, this is what the prophetess was telling you about. About what? Don't... Things are changing. But you, you don't need to what? You don't, you don't need, you don't need to change your Christianity. You don't need to leave Jesus Christ, say, I'm going out and going to, you you, you need to stay. The change that was talking about, staying, staying in the house with Jesus Christ. Staying in the house with Jesus Christ. He said, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice, if any man hears my voice, and opens the door. That's what he says there. Hears my voice. Opens. I will come in and dine with him. And he with me. Then verse 21 said. To him who overcomes. I will grant. So there are many. I'm telling you. There are many. Who. Are not going to overcome. Or who are on their way. Because because Jesus comes in. And then you leave. And what is it that is outside. That is so enticing. Satan. And the world. Instead of staying in the house, you say, oh, it's boring. Well, Jesus, you are boring. I need to go out and go and, you know. And, you know, if you, if you, you, if you can't stay in the house with somebody, it means that maybe somebody is irritating you in the house. Some, something is irritating. Some, you don't like a person. So the presence of the person, you just can't stand the person. So when the person is in the house, then you leave the house. That is how it normally works. If you can't stand somebody's presence, then when the person is in the house, then you leave the house. So you leaving Jesus Christ, inviting him in, and then leaving him and you going out, you are saying that Jesus, your presence, you know, you are coming with this, you're holy, holy. You are coming with this, give tight. You are coming with this offering. You are coming with this prayer thing. You are coming, you are coming to talk about prayer. I don't like it. You are coming to talk about, don't fornicate. I don't like it. You know me, I like my fornication. I like men to tickle what is in between my thighs. I like men to hold my breast. So you are coming to discuss, you are coming to discuss fornication at the dining table. I don't like it. I don't like the way you converse. Jesus, your conversations, they irritate me. Jesus, your conversations, they, you know, you are always, you are always coming to tell me hell and heaven. You know, you like telling stories about hell and fright frightening people you know jesus what what are you talking about you know uh, as for me i've gone to school you cannot deceive me jesus what are you and then see the person's presence it now irritates you and then you leave yeah because you don't like his conversations jesus said only those who are able to sit in and you see if you are truly 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 in love with jesus christ not just the pretense one but genuinely born again you love his words. He said, my sheep know my voice and they hear my commandments. My sheep know my voice and they, and they, and they what? They, they obey my commandments. You will love Jesus Christ. You will love the things of God. You will love him to have conversations with you. So when you see people who are now, they've left Jesus in the house and they're out there listening to the devil's voice. Listening to chasing pleasure because staying in the house is boring. Being a Christian is boring. Then you know there's a big problem. So that is why he said in the verse 21, Revelation 3, verse 21, he says, To him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, I will sit, I will grant, Jesus will grant to sit with me on my throne. This is a great promise. I'm waiting to sit on the throne. That means I will sit on his lap. And for somebody to let you sit on his lap, it's like you are a darling boy, a darling baby, a darling daughter. That's why he will let you sit on his lap. Are you seeing that there? It's a promise. All these things that some people will say, oh, this is a fairy tale. Okay, keep on believing and thinking that way. That thing that is trying to pull you out of the house where Jesus is and he wants to take you out of the house to go and enjoy, that is what is making you think that way. He says, I will sit with me, you will sit with me on my throne, and I also, and as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So Jesus, it wasn't enough for him to be born in a manger. It wasn't enough for him to do miracles in Jerusalem or Capernaum or wherever. 
it wasn't enough it wasn't enough for him to turn water into wine it was only half of the journey he persevered went into gethsemane suffered prayed then went onto the cross in jerusalem cross crucified in golcotta he endured the pain it, he, he, he endured the pain he saw it through the end he overcame he, he when he said it is finished that is when he had he, he overcame it is finished he had over he had done everything that god expected of him everything that god had asked of him everything that they had agreed father son and holy ghost in eternity before time whatever they had agreed he had not fulfilled everything so he said it is finished it is finished that is how he endured now the father said you can sit at my right hand so it is for those who are able to what endure to the end it is for those who are able to endure to the end i don't care about you say no and i used to go to church and i used to do this and i used to, my friend forget about it. it doesn't matter what you used to we are talking about current now are you still in communion in fellowship with god just because of a little pandemic that came your love for god has grown cold you are separated from you've left your guests and you are out there you know gallivanting about you say you won't come to church because there is a coronavirus but you are in you go to you go to um, um you go to uh, uh, what do you call it tourist tourist sites where where there are visitors that you go to beaches you go to beaches eh? you go to castles you go to visit and look at states you know certain things you go to historical sites. There are there is it goats that are there? Is it not human beings that are also there? But you see, you don't know what it means to endure to them. And what I see now, many of you are not enduring to them. In fact, you are on your way out into your damnation. And that is why God has sent me this morning to bring your mind. Some of you, you hear, you've been hearing here, you never take it serious. You hear and hear, so it's just one of the preaching. You take it like that. Keep on behaving like that. Keep on and carry on doing that, that same bad behavior. I can assure you. And it's not a case. But it is just something that is going to happen. It is just a matter of time before your ability to endure is, is, is totally deflated. And you, before you are aware, you have been what? Sifted. It's not always one saved, forever saved. It's a lie of the devil you can backslide and many of us are backsliding hallelujah so he who will what endure to the end he who will what endure to the end he who overcomes i will grant him i will grant him then he says in the verse 22 let him who has let him who has what Yes, hear what the spirit the spirit of god is speaking to you this morning this christianity of inviting jesus in you have opened you heard it you open the door he has come in now once he has come in what he is telling you you don't like it so you have left him in the house and you are now out please come back oh. come back and come and entertain him come back and come and have fellowship with him come back don't think that don't think that you can you you can carry on forever and ever because out there there are lions there say so the enemy is out there seeking whom he can devour your safety is in the house with jesus christ so you need to come back you need to what come back to to that place of truth hallelujah revelation 3 verse 21 he who has an ear let him what let him let let him let him hear what the spirit is saying to you the spirit of god is ministering to you you just take it like you know it's one of my talkings it's not me the spirit of god is speaking to you jesus wants to have communion time with you yeah but what has happened you are out you are on your way out some of you is in stages see some of you are in the house you are still jesus is still there he's sitting at the dining table waiting to come and have conversation but you are upstairs 
or you are in a different part of the house you have left him there some of you are in a how in a room of work because of work you, you don't have time for jesus christ some of you are in a room that is called the room of what pleasure because of pleasure and leisure you don't have time for god on sundays what are you doing now some of you are in a different room and at some and for some people who are really they are way on their way to distraction as for them they are not in the house they've left they actually opened the door back entered through the door and they are now out back in the world instead of being in the house with jesus christ they are there gallivanting with their friends out there they are gallivanting with worldly people out there they are gallivanting with people who don't fear god they are drinking they are smoking and they are having a nice time gallivanting they think that oh as for jesus when i come back to the house to come and sit down he's going to talk about you know he's going to talk about fornication he's going to talk about uh, he's going to talk and say oh there were there was once a man called lazarus a poor man and there was once a rich man and this one died and went to hell i don't want to hear all those things so i won't come back in that jesus stay there you stay there it's fine you, you, you stay you can stay there but for me i'm out there having fun what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What, what if you die whilst you are out there? What, what, would, what will happen if you, in, in, when you die and you are out of fellowship with Jesus Christ? What will happen? What will happen? Have you thought about it? Young men are dying. Old men are dying. Death is nothing for the old people again. It's a certain way of thinking that makes you think that now that you are strong, some of you see when when the way you because of what your strength is, you you put your hope and your strength in. It shows even in the way you behave. You feel strong. You feel you are young. You are going to be young forever. It's not true. You think that because you have money, look at the way you are working. It's not it, money cannot solve the issue of sin. It cannot buy you salvation. It's not true. And when you die, you are not taking anything away. Your attitude is very bad. An important person has come into your house. Jesus Christ, he says, I want to dine with you. You've left him and you are somewhere. You are somewhere in, in another room called work. You are in another room called pleasure. Yeah, pleasure of the world. You are in another room called distraction. Because some of you right now, even, even to sit down and hear this message that is coming, you are distracted. You are doing something else. You, are, you, you can't focus. Give Jesus. You are a bad host. You can't give Jesus just some attention. Sit down and talk to him. Without, on the, on, uh, without any divided attention. You can't even do that. Just for two hours. You can't even. On Sunday. You, don't say every, you can't do that. Even just, just, just for a Sunday. And that is why. The word of God is admonishing us today. Hallelujah. That is why the word of God is admonishing us today. That is why the word of God is what? Admonishing us today. That come back to the place of fellowship. Nothing. Look, if, if you have Jesus in your house, he has come in and the house is you, your temple, your body. He comes to stay in there. If, he, if you allow him and he comes in, Stay and entertain him. Stay and let him have fun. Stay, you, he'll start to say, call upon me and I'll tell you nice things. He has nice things to tell you about. He has, you know, he wants, it's this fellowship that gives you joy. You know, because of this, let me tell you a secret. Many people are seeking for that fellowship that Jesus brings when, they, when he's in their hearts, when he's in their lives, when he's in their house. Some people think they can get it in sex. So they go about sleeping around thinking that I'll get joy and fulfillment. But after they sleep around, they find out that they are still empty. They are still yearning for something. They feel guilty. They feel dirty. The enemy accuses them and destroys them. So, But they still find themselves, because they are in bondage, they still find themselves going to do it over and over again. Thinking that when they do it, they will maybe I'm lucky. I'm not happy. Have you heard people like that? I'm not happy. I'm not happy. They think that maybe it's because they don't have money. That's why you are not happy. Let me tell you, you are not happy. It's because, because you have no fellowship with, them, with Jesus Christ. You are not having a fellowship. He brings the joy. Because you think that money will make you happy. But when we give you the money, you will still be miserable. 
and we have seen very rich people who are still not happy and in fact some of them commit suicide dustin hoffman very rich hollywood star in a lister a lot of movies you no know, top top movies money is not a problem but the guy was simply not happy he just could not he was again something was empty in his life one day he just committed suicide he killed himself he was found dead he just killed himself like that so many people have money but they are not happy you are saying no i'm not happy i'm not happy i'm not happy yes you are not happy because there's no fellowship with you and jesus christ he's in your house he's there but you are you are somewhere you are either you are outside of the house or you are in another room where he cannot have any communication with you so how can you be happy when the king the one who brings happiness the one who brings joy said the joy of the lord is our strength so you will be weak and you will be whinging complaining christian say i'm not happy hey, i'm not happy please we are not led by our happiness, our emotions. We are led by the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God leads you, He gives you the fruit of joy. Hallelujah. He gives you the fruit of joy. The fruit of joy. So, if you are watching me and you are listening to me, God is speaking to you and advising you. Check. Because of coronavirus, because of um, restrictions that the governments have put in place you say ah, jesus i don't have time for you some of you the day you heard that the government says we are not meeting anyone that is the day you started negotiating with your boss you want to work on sundays now that's the day you said now i don't have time for you jesus mom must leave but you forgot that he says mom must not live by bread alone it didn't say mom must leave it, it some of you that's how satan destroys you by bringing certain uh, half-truths to you. Half-truths to you. So man must live. Yes, it's true, man must live. But I said man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when you are quoting the thing, quote the thing well. Yes, man must live. It's true. Is it not true? Yeah. Is it not what is written? But is it the full truth? No, it's not the full truth. And you see, when somebody wants to deceive you, a very clever person, if he wants to deceive you, like Pastor Abraham was saying in the in the in the in the Bible studies, what is called propaganda? You cannot deceive. You know, if you if if um you 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 tell the thing way to the extreme, it's hard for people to believe. So you 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 if you if you know what you're doing, you shouldn't tell a lie to the extreme. You should you should be you know in the middle. Then people will believe. Then people will believe. So Satan's propaganda, he always gives you half truths. Yeah, man must live. It's very true. But is that the full truth? No. But some of you, you don't have time for Jesus anymore. You don't have time to fellowship with him anymore. And you have become what is known as the dead church. The dead church. The dead church. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. And we'll start from verse 1. Remember, this is a revelation that Jesus gave to an apostle and was showing him about the churches. The churches. Now, let me let, let, let me show you the revelation. I think it's in John, the first chapter, verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the throne john 1 4 that's where i'm reading john 1 4 so he's telling you about jesus christ what he's doing the churches the churches the churches so what have you become what kind of church have you have you become what kind of church have you become and Tonight, by the grace of God, I'm going to give you a deeper insight in our Rima service. So you need to join me for that. But for this service, listen, let's read it quickly. It says, Revelation 3 verse 1 says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God. So it's like Jesus is now in the house. 
he's made some observations. He came, he sat at the table, and he's made some observations about our lives. He enters into all the churches. He is like the, the Bible describes him as the one who walks among the candlesticks. What are the candlesticks? The candlesticks represent churches. Every church is a light to the world. We are supposed to be a light to the world. At that time, they didn't have technology of electricity. So what they used to describe it was what? Candlestick. And a candlestick is supposed to bring light into darkness. So he says, he walks among, he who walks among what? The candlesticks. Jesus Christ. He walks among the churches, makes observations. Some of them, their candlestick is not bright enough. Some of them, their candlestick is, the light is gone out. Some of the churches, some of the believers, you go and say the church, you, can, you should see it in two ways. The church as collective and the church as individual. So you, personally, you are a candlestick. And the church, collectively, we are candlesticks. Different, different names, different, different churches. But we all form the various candlesticks. That is walking amongst. I'm talking about true Bible-believing churches. I think that's that scripture. You can even find that scripture in Revelation one, Revelation one, and then Revelation one verse thirteen. I'll read from the verse twelve. Then he says, "Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me." And having ten, I saw seven golden lampstands. These were representing the churches, the seven lampstands. Lampstands. They were representing the churches. Then it says, And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to their feet, and gathered about the chest. So Jesus was standing in the midst of the churches and he's making these observations individually to. You are the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you too. Jesus is in your house and he's making observations in your house. What is he going to see in your house? What is Jesus going to see in your house? As you are watching me, what is he going to observe in your house? Is he going to see? And you know, if you read further down, it says, His head and hair were white as wool and as white as snow. And his eyes like a flame of fire. What does that tell you? Nothing can be hidden from the eyes of Jesus. His eyes can see every area of the church, every area of, uh, of the church as a group, collectively and also individually. His eyes can see. He can scan everything. He might be in the dining room where you have decided to just dump him there, but he can see. He can even see beyond, outside, what you are doing outside. If you are even outside of the house, he can see what you are doing. It's an eyes of fire. He hasn't got ordinary eyes. He's not just a man as we thought he was. He's God who can see everywhere. So stop deceiving yourself and thinking that, oh, you can carry on the way you are carrying and Jesus doesn't see. You can talk maliciously about pastors and Jesus does not see. You can talk maliciously about your fellow Christians and Jesus doesn't hear. He has ears. He has eyes. He sees. He sees everything. What you are doing in the secrets he sees it. He sees it. There are some people in the home, their parents see them like they are what? They are, they, are, they are gentle lambs. But when they go to school, they are wild wolves, weird, weird lions. They are crocodiles with sharp, sharp teeth. They are more than sharks. They are more than anacondas. That can that can strangle the life out of out of an. They have they have they are very very wild, but you see, Jesus can see beyond that. He can see beyond that. He can see beyond that. You cannot you can deceive a man, but you can nothing escape these eyes of fire. He can see whatever you are doing. He can see it. He can see it. So he is in the house and he's watching and he's watching. And he's seen everything. He's seen everything. What are you doing? That is what you think that he can see. He can see it. Now, let's let's go to the chapter three. He 
He says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis. So this is a particular church. There were different, different churches. All of them, he had something to say. Jesus has something. He's watching or he's observing. He's, he sees everything. Some of you, what Jesus' eyes are going to see is pornography in your homes. What he's going to see is insults. The way you insult your wife, the way you insult your husband, the disrespect, that's what he will be observing. You will see children also very rude, very arrogant, very disrespectful. That's what he will be observing. He will not see you having morning devotions. He will not see you praying. He will not see children even Nothing about Jesus is being said. He's there. He's there. He's watching silently. He's a silent visitor. And he's there because he has been ignored and pushed somewhere. But he sees everything. He knows everything. He, some of you, instead of him staying, he wants you to pray, stay, have fellowship. You are out there. Galama. He sees everything. So he says to the church, this particular church, if you have a good Bible, it is said the dead church. The dead church. He says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, these things say he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You see, there is a certain, he says, I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. You see, there is a certain reputation that we carry, especially for people in this part of this world. We have a certain reputation as well. I'm Christian. You walk about as if you are Christian. You are holy, holy, and you are talking. Please. You have that reputation as if you are alive, but you are dead. Because there is nothing between you and Christ. There is no relationship between you and Jesus Christ. You just have a reputation that you are a Christian, but you are not really a Christian. If you are a Christian, why would you keep a man in your in your in your house and tell people that, oh, don't, don't tell Pastor. Don't go and tell your pastor. Go and do are you really a Christian? You have a reputation to be on the choir. But sister, you are always singing Azonto, Azonto, Azonto. That is what is in your heart. is Azonto. Not gospel music. You have a reputation to be alive, but you are dead. You have a reputation to be a wife, but actually you are, you are a Jezebel. You have a reputation to be what? A, a good husband, but actually you are a neighbor, a fool, a stingy fool. You have a reputation, but actually you are dead. You have a reputation to be a pastor, but actually you don't give yourself to the word of God. You don't give yourself to prayer. You don't give yourself to fasting, but the reputation that to be a pastor is there, but you don't give yourself to the things that makes you a pastor. Have a reputation, a reputation to be a, a, a worker in the church, but actually, you are not. It's just a reputation. And he was saying that the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, he says, I know your works. He is in your house, he sees what is going on. If someone says, I know, he means he means it. He means it. I know your works. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. You are dead. You only pretend, but you are not really what you pretend. You know, it's a pretense. If you are alive, why are you not attending church? When your church, we have declared that this is church, church is now online. Why don't you attend? And even if you attend, you don't give. You don't, your tithes, your offerings, it doesn't, you don't do it. You are only having a pretense. You are happy to shout the hallelujahs and praise the Lord and do whatever on, on Facebook and whatever. But you have, it's, it's just an appearance. And for some, they don't even come at all. Not important. But listen, it says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. This is what Jesus is saying. I've scanned your house. I've been in your house very quiet and lonely. I've been dumped in the dining room and nobody is taking notice of my presence. And whilst I'm here, I've been watching and scanning your lives. I've come and I'm seeing the people in the church as a group. I've scanned their lives and I've seen that they are not what? They have found, I have not found your works 
perfect before God. Jesus is talking to you. Jesus is talking to you. He has not found your works perfect as a church. Many of us are not doing any evangelism. Many of us are not concerned and bothered. We, we don't care about the church. It's only our personal things. He said he has found our works not to be perfect before God. And he says, remember therefore, verse 3, remember therefore how you have received. Remember therefore how you have what? How you have received and heard hold fast and repent this is the advice that god the time has come for repentance what is repentance a change of mind a 180 degrees turn around not 360 because if you do 360 you come back to the same point but 180 degrees it takes you to a different direction the opposite direction if this mathematics is too much for you you just it means turn and face a different direction so, it says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Be watchful, oh. The little thing that is keeping a little fellow, be, be watchful and strengthen it. This is not a time to say, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to join church. I'm going to do this. Please. He said, rather, rather strengthen it. The church in Sardis was known to have a reputation to be alive, but they are dead. He says, Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Yes, only a few. Because there are a few who have not compromised. There are a few who are still serious. There are only a few who are serious. Who are serious. And he says, those ones keep on that way. And he says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. We are waiting for that day when we will wear our white garments. Say, so he who overcome, not he who was overcome by the world. What is this that is in the world that is pulling us? That Jesus has come into your house. You say you don't want to. I can show you what it is. The Bible says that. For the love. Friendship with the world. Is what? Enmity with God. Then it says that. He who loves the world. Does not love the father. If the love of the world. Is in you. You don't love the father. Yeah. If, I think it's in Peter. Uh, no, John. First John two fifteen. Let me show you what is it, the thing that is so enticing out there, that Jesus is in your house, and you have no time for him. You have no time for him. And when you go out there to, when you are outside of the house where Jesus has come, your own house that he has come to stay, there is a reputation that you are a Christian, but meanwhile you are not. You are fake. You are very fake. First John two fifteen. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. The love of the Father is not in them. 1 John 2.15 Then verse 16 Verse 16 he says, for all that is in the world. So that thing that makes you feel the, the, the worldly attraction, that makes you have the effrontery to dump Jesus whilst he has come into your house, into your life. You have the effrontery to dump him and leave the house to go and chase. He's going to talk about it here. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. So these three things are the things that will cause a man to leave Jesus, leave Christianity, leave church, and with all whatever excuses, it all falls under these three things. It's the lust of the eyes. What your eyes are seeing. Me too, I want this car. Me too, I want this. Me too, I want that. Me too, I want this. Me too. Your eyes are leading you out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And then he says, the pride of life. Yes. You want to also me to I, I I own three cars, I own four houses. I me to I have done this, I've done the pride of life. The pride, the, the things that life gives you. You become too arrogant. You are chasing those things at the detriment of what? A relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember what he was saying in Revelation. He said, I will come at a time when you don't know. We are in dangerous times. The rapture can happen anytime. The rapture of the saints can happen anytime. Uh, it's not the second coming of Jesus Christ, but it's the rapturing of the saints. When we are raptured and caught up, suddenly within a twinkle of an eye, we are caught up. It can happen anytime. You tell me that I am telling stories. Just as they said to Noah, Noah, you are telling stories. You tell me the same thing. And don't repent. Jesus requires you to repent. He says, repent, be watchful, and strengthen the things that which remain, that are ready, that are ready to die. For I have not found you. And then he says, he says, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Jesus wants you to repent. Repent, my brother, my sister, repent. Don't let the change in these um, circumstances make you neglect Jesus in your life. So the things that are drawing us away are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life. You too, you want to, you see, you, you want to be known as this. You want to be known as that. You are chasing things to the detriment. If chasing of the things, eh, if it starts affecting your relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a problem. And if you are humble, you would make a repentance and change. But if you are proud, you will carry on. But then the Bible says that you love these things, never ever stand somewhere and say, I love God. Because the love of the world is in you. And it says that, I'm not saying it, the Bible is saying, read it for yourself. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So don't stand anywhere. It is an abomination for you to even claim. See, this is what he's talking about, the pretense. The pretense. Having a reputation as if you are a Christian, but you are dead. You are filled with dead men's bones. You are, an, you are a whitewashed tomb. You know, the whitewashed tomb that Jesus described. He said the Pharisees, they are like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, they look very white and nice. But dig a little deeper, you see that they are filled with dead men's bones. It's like a house that they want to deceive you to buy. They whitewash it. You scrape a little deeper, it's like filled with mold. There's the cracks here. They've tried to cover the cracks with whitewash. Many of us are trying to, to, to what? Hide the cracks in our lives. Hide the cracks in our Christianity. Hide the cracks in our marriages. We hide it until it becomes too late. Because we are living a, a we are living what? A double life. What your Christian brothers think you are, you really are not. What your pastor thinks you are, you really are not. You, you, you might have an angelic face, but you are a Jezebel and a demon. You might have an angelic voice and you speak with the voice of an angel. But behind the voice of an angel is a roaring lion. Analomo jata. Analomo jata. That will consume you with bitter vitriol. That will consume you with, with acidic gossip. That will destroy and stab you with slander. Yes, that's what you are dealing with. And God is calling us to a place of... Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you let me in, if, he says first, if you hear, and then you open the door, I will come in and I will come and dine with you. I want to have time with you. I want to spend some intimate time with you. I want to share some time with you. And this is a lifelong thing I want to do with you. Not only in 2017. Some of you, your Facebook reminders that come in 2017. You were very busy doing things for God. Now 2020, the same reminder comes. Where are you now? Some man is on top of you now. Where are you now? You are busy somewhere. You are somewhere that is not related to anything about the things of God. May God have mercy upon us. He says, this is to the church, the church in Sardis, having a reputation of being alive, but we are dead. May God have mercy on us. 
and may God speak to you. Here it says, he who has ears, verse 6, 3 verse 6, he says, Revelation 3 verse 6, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that's the same thing that the Spirit is saying to you. If you have ears, you will listen. If you don't have ears, you will not listen. You will think that these are thoughts of men. And you say that you stand there and you puff your face like a bullfrog and be very, very angry. But remember, whatever is causing you to, to feel, even feel that way right now, see, when the Spirit of God, you allow the Spirit of God to work on you, like the day on Pentecost, Peter stood up and started giving it to the Israelites. You people are stiff-necked. You people are very wicked. Why did you kill the king of glory? If you had known, you wouldn't have killed him. But this same Jesus is merciful. He says he wants to forgive you, give your life to And he, after preaching to them, the Bible says that their hearts were cut. And he asked, what must we do to be saved? Then he said, repent. See, when your heart is cut, when a message comes and your heart is cut, you ask the same question. What must I do, God? I've seen my faults now. What must I do? But if your reaction to the message is mm, your, your face starts swelling, you become like a puff, puff, puff adder. Your face like puffing up like a like a bullfrog, like a toad. And you start getting angry. It's a different spirit that is working with you now. And that spirit is demonic. It's, 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 it's giving you a demonic wisdom. And wisdom is how you think and how you operate. And how you act. So what spirit is speaking to you now after you've heard the message? Is your heart cut? Are you ready to repent? Are you ready to have, at the end of the day, Jesus only wants to have a relationship with you. But he will never ever force you. So you, whatever excuses you are using, why you haven't given time to him, repent. It's not a good thing to invite somebody into your house and then you go and sit in your bedroom on your tablet watching Facebook and having pleasure on your Facebook and your guest is sat downstairs waiting to be fed, waiting to be watered, waiting to experience some hospitality from you. Very bad manners. And people who do that, he says, you are not enduring. And it's a matter of time. The guest can walk out as well. He can get out and go. Because you are not entertaining him. Yes. But that was not going to be your portion. I'm praying for you. That you'll be among the few who shall overcome. One day we shall be clothed. Verse, put the verse 5 on. 3 verse 5. It says, He who overcomes. I want you to have the overcoming mentality. I want you to say that I'm not going to change. I'm not going to. My love for God rather is going to get stronger. My love for the things of God is going to get stronger. My support, my financial support, my time, everything for Jesus is going to be much stronger. The fellowship is not one way, it's not in just one way, it's in every aspect of your life in your finances, in your social life, in your education, in your mar um, family life, every area of your life. It must come to bear. It must come to bear. This is not a time to hold back. In fact, this is a time to now ex no, express your great love for him. Yes, I'm in love with God. He's my everything. These are times that those who love God is being seen. And he says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Please, listen. Listen. Because if you ignore him, your name will be blotted out from the book of life. Let me read it again. Revelation 3 verse 5. It's a serious thing that I'm reading. He says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a book of life. And that is what it's all about. It says, But I will confess I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. There are some of us, Jesus is confessing our name. Yeah, because we are entertaining him in the house. We are always talking about him. We are, we are conversing with him. We haven't left him to go and sit in the bedroom 
or we are to leave the house. We are there. So why won't he talk when he's talking to his father? Why won't he talk and this? Oh, you remember John? Yeah, John, 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 the one that invited me into his house. Yeah, I had a nice time. His whole life, this the 70 years I gave him for us to sit down to eat. It was a pleasure. So every time, remember, I was talking to, I was mentioning John, John, John. Yeah. May your name be mentioned before the Father. May Jesus find you, your, your fellowshipping with him, your companionship with him, worthy enough to mention before the Father. And the angels. There are some of us that Jesus' angels know our names. At the mention of, the, of our names, they say, hey, these are the hairs. These are the ones that the Lamb of God died for. They are happy and they are excited. They know us. Yes. So, are you one of those few? Are you one of those few? May your mind change. Let me tell you. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. With or without you, Jesus is building his church. And the church is moving from strength to strength, from glory to glory. He is with us. He said, behold, I am with you to the end. Yes. Why are you having a reputation of being alive? Meanwhile, you are dead. Your giving is dead. Your offering coming is dead. You just pretend as if you are giving, but you don't give. Your tithes doesn't come. It's dead. Your prayer doesn't... You don't do any prayers for the church or for yourself. You don't do any prayer for souls. You don't do... You, I mean, everything about you, it's, a, it's just a reputation. You are just have a reputation. And reputation is what men think about you, not God. God, he sees the truth. Reputation, listen, this is the definition of reputation. Those of you that are so concerned about your reputation, always you want to save face. You are concerned about what men think. So you live a life of lies. Calm down, humble yourself. Go back to the place of truth. Because God sees the truth. God sees, God knows the truth and God sees what's actually going on. The pretense is enough. The lies is enough. The lying is enough. Let's accept where we are weak and ask for help. He's merciful. He's merciful and he's forgiving. He's loving. His mercies, the Bible says, they are renewed every morning. Tap into that grace and ask him for mercy. God help me. I've been a pretender for too long. God help me. I've been a fake brother, a fake sister for so long. Lord, they call me. They call me Sister Grace, Sister Mansa, Sister Ajua. But actually, I'm not a sister. I'm not a sister because I live a double life. They call me brother. They call me pastor this. They call me Jiwo uh, this. They call me papa this. But I'm actually not what they say I am. God have mercy on me. I humble myself. And, and that's how you pray. When he says, he says, a contrite heart, that one, he will not send away. So, advise yourself. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father, and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Bow down your heads and let's pray. If you are watching me right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I want you to invite him. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, as you have heard this voice through my voice, and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is waiting. Will you accept him as your personal savior? If you want to, put your hand on your chest and lift one hand and let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me of all my sins. I pray that you wash me by your blood. I confess you as my Lord and personal savior as of today. I say, you are my Savior. Blot not out my name from the book of life. Let it be written in the book of life. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed this prayer, God bless you. Congratulations. You are now 
in the family of God, find a Bible-believing church. If you don't have one, you have this. This is church now, online church. You can join us every Sunday. We are here throughout the week. Too, we are here. You hear it also in the announcements. Inbox us and tell us. I gave my life through the online appeal, and I want to be part of your online church, and we'll help you. God bless you. But if you are in a place where we have Salvation Clinic branch there, then we will also direct you. But you inbox us and we will be able to contact go on to our website salvation clinic international ministries.org salvation clinic international ministries one word dot org go to the website and you can send any information that you want or as you're watching on facebook or youtube wherever send a comment inbox us and we'll get back to you now for those of us that have already accepted jesus christ you want to pray and ask god Please forgive me for the neglect. I've been a very bad host. Please forgive me. Now that your word has come, I repent. I want to sit at the table and entertain and have communion and fellowship with you for the rest of my life. Father, thank you. Anyone that is praying such a prayer, I pray for your grace to fall upon them in Jesus Christ's name. Grace to overcome to the end. In 10 years time, in 2 years time, in 5 years time, will they still be in the faith? Now let your grace fall upon us. In Jesus name. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you if um, you have prayed this prayer.